Hi, this is Kara Swisher, and I want to talk to you about my new podcast for The New York Times called Sway. If you want to know what people who hold power in our world are really all about, you need to hear how they answer the tough questions. And that is my specialty. And although it might get messy, as it always does, it's also going to be really fun. You can get Sway wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are available Mondays and Thursdays. This is Internet Marketing. Welcome back to the show where we give you the lowdown, the inside information, the word from the experts to help you use the internet as part of your marketing machine. This is Andy White, and in episode 23, we have a couple of segments for you. We're talking about Web 2.0. Yes, we're revisiting it. A little bit of confusion, a little bit of um, fear about Web 2.0. So we're going to be talking to Daniel, and we'll just be clearing up a few... um, ideas and concepts about Web 2.0 that um, some people may be getting a wee bit confused about or slightly concerned about. And we have a marvellous interview at the end of the podcast with a lady who has been podcasting for a very, very long time, actually. Certainly, uh, I would say since the dawn of time in terms of podcasting, um, podcasting is, I would say, you know, the dawn of time means sort of like sort of two and a half years ago. So uh, that's what I mean when I say the dawn of time. And in, I am in no way uh, suggesting that uh, this lady is advanced in years because she is actually very young. Anyway, first off, let's speak to Daniel. So enjoy. Daniel, hello. Hello, Andy. How are you? I'm extremely well. Thank you very much. Um, now, you wanted to talk a little bit more about Web 2.0. I did. We had um, a little bit of input on this from my colleague Graham. And I just wanted to add uh, my, my two cents worth into this because we're doing a presentation this evening mm-hmm. um, to the Charter Institute of Marketing in, yeah. in, in, in Brighton this evening. Um, and we're talking about Web 2.0. And this is to some people that are not familiar with internet marketing. Um, and I had to take you back a bit and think a little bit about what's it all actually about. Um, and there's been lots of buzz created. and Everyone's quite excited by it. You know, user-generated content and mm. podcasting and mm. blogging and... The bottom line is, to me, it's not new. Mm. Okay? All of these things are just bringing together existing technologies. Yes, just like podcasting. Absolutely. Yeah, mm. It's just audio recording, mm-hmm. but it's just a new delivery method. Maybe. Yes. Um, and, and just things like blogging, you know, all it is is just you know, recording into a database. There's nothing complicated about that. Mm-hmm. Outputting a, a certain sequence of files, um, allowing people to search in a different way. Um, places like MySpace are just creating profiles. You could do that in a lot of places already. It's mm. just how the technology is being used. So it's just ideas moving forward. Mm. And what I wanted to point out to people is that Web 2.0, they're not missing anything if they don't really can't quite get what yeah. the new technology is because really there isn't any new technology. Mm. There's some things like Ajax, which is quite clever, mm-hmm. which allows you to change things on screen without reloading the screen. Yeah. So, for example, you could put your postcode in and get some local weather without having to reload the whole page like you would do normally in a browser. Yeah, this is where the web page behaves more like a local program hmm. running on your own machine. People Absolutely. have probably noticed. Yeah, but even that isn't actually a new technology. Mm. It's taking elements of technologies that already existed, like yeah. JavaScript and um, how we manipulate the browser. Yeah. So there's nothing that new. It's just using new ideas to, to mm. combine these technologies to do something new. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that a lot of people have said to me is, I don't really get Web 2.0. I don't know what this new technology is. There isn't one. Yeah. It's a lot of guff, basically. It's a lot of <laughs> nonsense, really. And there's lots of how everybody has spoken about it, and I just think people should be aware of that. Yeah. The, the bottom line with all of this is it's about content. Yeah. Okay? 
people want good content. Google wants good content. If you've got good content, you'll get the traffic mm-hmm. to your website at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Yeah. Um, content is king. It's always been the same, and I think it always forever will be the I same. I totally agree. Um, because if you look at why will Google rank your page as number one for something, because the content's good. If the content's good, people will visit your website, people mm-hmm. will link to your website. Okay, mm-hmm. And that builds up the links that Google expects. Google can read the content, and it can make sense of what your site's about. Okay. Without that, you're just trying to fiddle the search engines at the yep. end of the day. Yep. There's, no, there's nothing really there to link to. So um, it's all I really wanted to say, but I just, I just think it's important. People don't take their eye off the ball. Mm. The content is always still the most important thing. Yeah. So if you're looking at your website, generate good quality content. Think about what people would actually want to read, to um, be engaged with, mm-hmm. and just do it from there. Yeah. Um, and why places like MySpace do so well is because people are generating their own quality content in terms yes. of music, in terms of comments, in terms of all different things. And that's, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. So. But do you think, I mean, the way I understand Web 2.0, it's, mm. it's, okay, let's just go back in history. Why do we have words? Words are just symbols that have a meaning, yep. and it's quicker to say the word than try and describe the meaning. And Web 2.0 is exactly the same. So it's basically a word which stands for Absolutely. all of this new technology, user-generated content, you know, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, JavaScript and XML, AJAX, in other words, uh, which is another example of what I'm just talking about. Mm. And all this melding of technology that's come together that allows us to really move forward on the internet has got this word which stands for it, and that word is Web 2.0. And... uh, it, mm. I think the problem was that it misguided people slightly that it was something radically new and there was some yes. sort of technology behind it but it wasn't yes. it's a concept of it should have just been called engagement it's about engaging yes, people yes absolutely and that's yeah. what it's all about at the end of the day so the me- I suppose the message here to people is if you, if you think you don't quite get Web 2.0 don't worry too much about it all it means is that the internet has had a little bit of a coming of age mm. various technologies have kind of come together and are being used in ways that they haven't been used before together and the net result is that we can now use the internet even more effectively to do what it was always designed to do which is essentially a communication tool agree. and what we need to do is concentrate on the, on the value of the content that we're putting on, on the web whether that be web pages whether that be video podcasts whether it be podcasts blogs whatever, PDF files, whatever you're putting there. Basically, I, I hate to sound very metaphysical, but the more you put out, the more value you put out, it will come back. Completely. May not, maybe not immediately, but it will come back. And it works on the internet just the same as it works in life. I absolutely agree. Do you absolutely agree? agree. You do I do, agree. because I think that's the thing, that the, the content will drive the traffic and you can yeah. then do what you need to do with the traffic. Yeah. Um, so don't be afraid of Web 2.0. It's just a word. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. Okay, so we move swiftly on. Now, the next segment is a superb interview I had with Heather Gorringe. Uh, I met Heather at the Corporate Podcasting Summit a couple of weeks ago in London. And Heather runs Wiggly Wigglers, which is a company that supplies environmentally friendly bits and pieces for your garden. Um, Now, she's been running a podcast for a long time. And in this interview, I ask her... Um, how she started, and how the podcast has actually helped her business. I must have sworn you there's a couple of moderately rude words towards the end, so just watch out for those. But here she is. Enjoy. Well, I first listened to a podcast in June 2005, and I just thought, wow, it blew my mind away that actually could I create a message myself without getting in amongst all those legislation, all that difficulty of radio, and put it out there. 
so I sort of dreamt on it for a while. Went to the podcast con um, conference in London in September 2005. That was on a Saturday. On so you really are a pioneer, aren't you? I think so, really. I mean, this is this is in the, the the days of lava flowing and volcanoes, as far as podcasting is concerned. Yeah, we we made a podcast on the Wednesday after the Saturday, and on the Monday after we'd put it out. And even though it's slightly embarrassing, number one, it nevertheless was groundbreaking for us because it was so exciting. I can't tell you how good it was. We sat in the dining room, started to record, and it was echoey. So we moved into the sitting room, which has now become the Wiggly Sofa, which people come to the farm to sit on the Wiggly Sofa. We needed some music for the um, start, so I played the piano, so I just picked a piece of music just like that. You know, I made sure it was over 100 years old. This is brilliant. Played it, and uh, we've used it ever since. We just take little segments out, and it just goes da 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 da, and it's just perfect. Just briefly, just briefly, briefly, tell us what your business does, and then we'll go back to talking about the podcast. Okay. Wiggly Wigglers is essentially an eco-gardening company. So if you're looking at greening up your garden or your lifestyle, just doesn't matter what it is. It might be you want to compost your kitchen waste. It might be that you want to make your garden organic. It might be that you want to let it go wild, but you want it to look good. Then we provide solutions for that. And usually using a network of local farmers to us. So you buy, if you buy bird seed from us, we've grown it on the farm, we've harvested it, we've cleaned it. If you buy native hedging from us, we've gr- another farmer's grown it. And lots and lots of English bouquets to cut down flower miles. So eco-gardening is the best way I can think of, of describing yeah. it. Okay, so you've got this podcast now. Now, does your podcast in any way promote your business or is it really, really, really subtle? Well, it does promote our business in the sense that I say I'm Heather from Wiggly Wigglers and I'm sat on the Wiggly sofa and we'll talk about what's happening within the company. Um, For example, we're on a farm, so we've had uh, a post-mortem of a calf. Hopefully not on the sofa. (laughs) No, definitely not. It's actually on the vet's drive because it was a Saturday and it was in a cul-de-sac. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry about that. Um, But we address issues that are are really um, important to us. For example, we've addressed things like shooting, a farm shoot. Bearing in mind we're an eco company. How do we get around that? Is that important? Is Is it okay if we eat the meat? We've addressed things like TB and badgers. And in the garden, we've addressed cats in your garden and what to do about them. So we, this is the one where you had a big argument, isn't it? Which yeah. Episode number which we must never listen to. No, don't ever listen to 68. I bet you will now. It's called Catastrophe. And um, the thing is, the great thing about podcasting is because you're free, um, we do what we want. So if we want to do a book review, we do a book review. If we want a guest on, we've interviewed all sorts of people, which is great. But in that particular show... I had no idea that my co-host Richard didn't like cats in the garden and had a real problem with it. I love my cat. And so it started and it just got worse and worse and worse until we had to apologise the week after for our behaviour. Did you find there was a spike in listenings of that week? Oh yeah, that's one of the most popular shows. Um, The other popular show is when we had a major row about hedges whether or not to um, trim them in three years or in one year and when to cut. <laughs> now, I know that you don't use feed burner, uh, but, I mean, w- what evidence have you got that having this podcast has helped increase your business? 
Well, there's several things. Bearing in mind we are a national gardening company, I can now tell you that we're getting sales from our podcast because we get worldwide sales. Ah. We get sales from San Francisco and they buy a bouquet but for delivery into the UK. Right. Um, I also get feedback, uh, for example, I just got my emails when I was in um, the conference earlier and I had four emails about the podcast. Something that somebody agreed, somebody saying they loved it, somebody saying, oh, we missed out to tell people about copper slug tape right. uh, when we mentioned how to control slugs, and somebody else saying um, they wanted to put some input into the next episode. So I know that. And also downloads. I can see downloads. Um, I know that in our record month we had 20,000 downloads. For a company of our size, I think that's exceptional. How would I get... That's 20,000 per month? month. Per month, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, 20,000 in one month. And we get hundreds of downloads every day. But the real key for me is, folks said to me when I started, what is the point in you having, um, you know, a listener in southern Australia or in um, Washington State? But uh, the answer is clear. If you've got a global audience... They have influence. They're they're trading all the time. They're they're dealing with their friends, their relations, all over the world, every day. Can you imagine the power of having somebody in Washington State tell somebody in Brighton, oh, the Wiggly podcast is just great, I love it, you know. Then you're going to listen to it then. And so um, this idea of it's a waste of time communicating to people who actually can't directly buy, in a podcast situation, I think is irrelevant. Because you're not looking for direct sales, you're looking for you and I to engage. You know, and, and today you came to me and said, oh, oh yeah, the weekly podcast, there's something in it. <laughs> yeah. And um, many people do that, you know, and it's just great fun. Mm. I was at an awards ceremony because we won um, Best Small Business in the UK. And uh, a woman came, and it was great winning the award, brilliant. But the most exciting moment was a woman who is from the Environment Agency came up to me and said, are you Heather? I listen to your podcast every week. And I know it sounds a bit pathetic, but it was the best thing because yeah. you're, you've connected with people directly in their head. Yeah, it's powerful, isn't it? Yeah. So what, what advice would you give to people, anyone that has a business who is considering using podcasting as a, well, as a means of casting their bread on the water and maybe it coming back as increased business? Well, I would say that the first thing to do is to make sure you get the right people to do it. I would definitely recommend having a co-host. That's been key for me because if you're just talking, you don't get that argument. And arguments are really good. I don't mean you have to fall out like on catastrophe, but generally speaking, if there's a bit of edge to the conversation, that gives you something special. I would say don't be too precious. Um, like we're having this chat, there's warts and all, there's a bit of sound in the background. You'll sort out any real issues. You know, if I say bum, you know, you might edit it, but you might not. Definitely oh, not. No, I thought not. So say the other word as well. <laughs> the word that you use. You... Oh, bum and bosoms. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, I, I don't you know think... I'll now have to put explicit on the uh, iTunes tag. <laughs> Sorry about that. Because you said the word bosoms. Sorry about that. Um, so I don't think we have to be too precious about it. Um, but I think also we wondered if we would have enough content so we committed to a series of 10 and I would say you know commit to a series maybe six or whatever it is and then review but for us we're on number 76 now wow. and we cut out material every week 
Um, it's it's amazing once you find characters and you find an audience that actually are going with you on the journey then well I've not run out yet and there's just so much stuff that we've got to do now I really like the idea of, of involving other people on a podcast do you recycle your characters so they come back week after week do I what recycle your characters so they come back week not literally I mean do, do they come back on each sort of like Fred blogs does he come back sort of again and again oh yeah um, we have uh, on the podcast team generally Farmer Phil so he does a farming segment it might be the whole show yeah. it might be just a little tiny bit about how the sunflowers are being harvested today and it's raining we have Richard who is uh, I call him an environmentalist he's very he's like our conscience right. and as an eco gardening company that's important then we have me and I'm there to wind the job up and enjoy myself and and be, argue with people yeah to be the voice of reason yeah. <laughs> and then we have guests in all the time so right. we have the florist who picks our flowers and she'll tell a story you know about how her father who goes out to pick the foliage was dangling off the the willow tree and how he got the catkins and you know that sort of right. background to it and then we'll have um celebrities like we've had anita roddick um founder of the body shop we've had tim smith who um, did the Eden Project. And last week we had um, Robin Page, who's the columnist in The Telegraph that winds everyone up about environment. Now, how easy was it to get these famous people on your podcast? That's the other thing. Um, When I ask them to come on, I tell them it's a radio show, and it's an internet radio show. Uh, And then when they get into the idea, I I mention the podcast word, because sometimes that's a a little bit off-putting. But... If you want somebody on your show, always, always just ask them. Because they'll generally enjoy um, telling you about themselves. And generally, they're really generous folk. And because you can now interview them via Skype, um, it's not such a big commitment. But in our case, we did all sorts of things at the beginning. When we interviewed Claire Short, the MP, because she was a customer of ours, we um, asked our local radio station, could we use the studio? And they said, of course you can. And they said, do you mind if we use the audio file? <laughs> not at all. You know, so there's all sorts of ways around it. But, you know, why not? Just ask them. They, I've, we've got 100%. No, no, we haven't. There's one celebrity gardener who I won't mention, but he's quite posh and wears braces, who wouldn't come on the show. <laughs> I can't think who that would be. Hey, but anyway, in summary, am I right in, in saying that I, I think the philosophy here, which is a repeating pattern we're seeing, is don't be afraid to give out useful content that is entertaining, informative. Don't push your own business too much, and and business will increase. It will come back to you. Would you agree with that? Yes. There's a lady called Krishna here who, to me, gave the absolute nugget which was E-I-E-I, educate. Not E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> That'd be great, wouldn't it? But educate, yeah. inform, entertain, yeah. and inspire. Yeah. And I just thought, that's it. That's all any podcaster wants to do. If you do that, I reckon you win hearts. If you win hearts, you win minds and wallets. Heather Gorringe of Wiggly Wigglers. No, what's the name of your company? Wiggly Wigglers. Go to wigglywigglers.co.uk. <laughs> Heather, Heather Gorringe of wigglywigglers.co.uk. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. 
We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments that you'd like to have featured on the show, send them to info at academyinternet.com. And feel free to send in an MP3 file if you want to record what you want to ask, and we'll be happy to play those. If you're a subscriber, we'd like to thank you for your valuable time. If you haven't subscribed yet and you'd like this podcast delivered direct to your earbuds automatically, you can find Internet Marketing on iTunes or at the academyinternet.com or the summitsolutions.co.uk websites and follow the subscription buttons. So this is Andy White signing off. Have a fantastic week and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing.